Hello, this is Roy Lilly. Well, it's been as hot as hell where I am, I must say. I don't know what it's like where you are. Did you know London gets 1,410 hours of sunshine a year? And believe it or not, Manchester gets six hours more. Paris has 1,662 and Malta is off the scale. Anyway, moving swiftly on, NHSE's plan for recovering urgent and emergency care services. Well, there's a bit that caught my eye, and I quote, Ahead of next winter, we will offer more joined-up care for older people, including scaling urgent community response, frailty and full services, meaning the right people help you without needing an admission to hospital. Now, by a curious coincidence, I've been reading John Lister's excellent article, which I've had in the e-letter for a couple of days, and I linked to it again this morning, berating the Labour Party for becoming the Tory Party. It's well worth a cup of builders. Have a look. In making his case, John gives us the following facts. We've seen a 42% reduction in district nurses, a 30% reduction in health visitors, a 12% reduction in nursing home beds and a 16% reduction in residential home places. He hammers the nails further out of sight with this. 3,500 English GPs left primary care in the last 12 months and since 2012-13 England has had a 7% increase in population, a 20% increase in GP workload and a 12% decrease in real terms funding for GP services. Now, if you put all that together, it's a fair question to ask just who is going to deliver the promise in NHS England's paper of, quote, better joined up care for older people living with frailty, including scaling urgent community response. The report makes the point, even before the pandemic, pressure on urgent and emergency care have been growing. By now, I'm sure it will be occurring to you, squaring all that with Lister's list is impossible. Now, there's nothing wrong with a plan. It's a perfectly respectable plan. If it were a piece of furniture, it would be a nice solid sideboard, the sort of thing your granny had. What's not arranged nicely on the top is in the drawers or neatly on the shelves. It's a repository for everything. Old photos, granddad's medals, a box of party poppers, the crystal salad bowl and the best cutlery. Where is the so-and-so? Oh, I think it's in the sideboard. What do we do about the W word, winter? Well, it's in the plan. Well, planning fails because of inaccurate information, inflexibility, overlooking opportunities, biased decision-making, communication issues, planners worried about their credibility and bash on regardless. And you'll be familiar with all that. And plans also fail because of unrealistic expectations. The trick is to know when expectations are unrealistic. We can't plan a winter plan on the basis that there aren't enough people to do what we're doing now. Doing more is a non-starter and so is doing nothing. We're in the we-have-to-do-something territory. Now, it would be tedious to turn this into another tirade about workforce shortages, as tempted as I am. 
The plan's authors do acknowledge growing the workforce and supporting staff to work flexibly. How? Don't know. Admissions start to ramp up in October, which is about 90 days away. There's nothing we can do about workforce in 90 days. It's 12 weeks. The plan seems to be to pin most hope on deploying staff to virtual wards to keep your granny and people with long-term conditions at home. Well, good luck with that. Those with long-term conditions who have the greatest healthcare needs account for 50% of all GP appointments and 70% of all bed days. All we have to wrap around us this winter would seem to be the threadbare blanket of virtual wards. Experienced people will tell you, as they did in a IHSCM roundtable discussion that I chaired on the topic, and I've linked to it this morning, patients with a clear diagnosis or disease trajectory and a good history do best in virtual wards. Remember, the older, the more, the older you are, the more complicated you're likely to be. So go figure that one. The uptake of virtual wards seems to be a reflection of the appetite for risk among clinicians. Outcomes are mixed, and I linked to a report on it. In some cases, up to a third of virtual patients end up in hospital. Evaluations are fairly small scale, and the one thing that stands out, they must be run by people, good people, experienced people who know what they're doing. And we all know the problem with that. So enjoy the summer, the warm beer, the elderflower cocktails and the smoky barbecues. Have fun on the beach, sand between your toes. Watch the crimson lozenge that's the setting sun dissolve into the emerald sea. And I'm sorry I mentioned the W word, but it's virtually here. Julia, I hope we'll speak again soon. Bye-bye.